all things that we need for life and godliness there. Uh, your word is sufficient and powerful and active and uh, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to discern uh, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So we thank you and praise you for your Holy Spirit who's given us your word and for your mercy in revealing yourself to us. I thank you for an opportunity to, to study uh, your word and to understand a little better how to spend time in your presence with the help of your word and your spirit. I pray you'd bless your word now and bless our time together. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is the second week of a two-week two series on uh, meditation, God's means of spiritual growth. And if you don't have a handout, uh, raise your hand. Uh, the copier went wild on me today, so I have maybe a hundred extra copies. So uh, don't, don't be chintzy with the copies. Uh, Last week, we talked primarily about what meditation isn't and what meditation is, and then we talked about why we should meditate. And so this is your opportunity to, to impress me with your, with your memories from last week, those of you who are here. So what, are, what, what is one reason why we should meditate? I gave you, I think, three last week, and we have three or four more this week. Why would we... Why would we want to meditate? Why should we meditate on the Word of God? Sorry? To remember it. To remember it. That was, that's how I started off. Was uh, I was reminding us that we're, we're prone to forget. And, uh, and you guys just demonstrated that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other reason, one of the other reasons was that God commands us to, you know, clearly in his word, and he encourages us to. Uh, the, one that, the one that I want to kind of uh, bring back to our uh, memory this week is uh, to delight in God and to, to demonstrate, to, to remind ourselves of his love for us, to draw us into love for him, all for the purpose of worship. And I think that's one of the things that I told you. My primary goal wasn't to uh, remind us of the need for meditation, but to stir us up to the desire to meditate. And uh, in keeping with that, uh, I want to give you a, a, a quote from one of the Puritans, Oliver Haywood. He said, Holy thoughts form a great part of a Christian's devotion. This exercise of thoughts is indeed a Christian's walking with God. It's communion with God. It's walking in paradise, and it's enjoying of God. And so uh, I want to reinforce that with uh, reading a passage from Psalm 119, verses uh, 1 through 24, if I can find it. should have put a marker. Usually my Bible just falls open to Psalm 119. I'm going to read from the King James just so I won't um, mix us up by uh, trying to read the ESV. But listen, listen to all the times that, that uh, the psalmist here talks about walking with, 
with the Lord or walking in the law of the Lord. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep or guard his testimonies, that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts or guard your precepts diligently. And then his prayer is, Oh, that my ways were directed to keep or maintain your statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. So having respect, learning, walking, I will keep thy statutes, O forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall, and this section in here is, uh, is a key section, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. If we want to cleanse our way and walk purely before the Lord, we need to pay attention to his word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Uh, we're prone to wander. And if we, if we don't keep our uh, attention on the things of God, we'll wander away from him. Thy word have I hid in thy heart. I'm sorry, uh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee in order to keep ourselves pure again. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes, and I will not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger on the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaks for the longing that it hath for thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err or stray from your commandments. Remove from me the, repro the reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did set and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. And I could go on and on. Uh, Psalm 119 is just full of encouragements and admonitions uh, and descriptions of the benefits but the reason that I, I love that part of Psalm 119 is because of the encouragement to walk with God and if you remember uh, Enoch uh, is one of the uh, two people that were translated into heaven and it's said of Enoch that he walked with God and he was not and God took him home but he spent time walking with God, and that's what meditation uh, will, will enable us to do, is to come into the presence of God and learn of the wondrous nature of God, not in our head, but in our heart, and then we worship. It leads us into worship of God. And then another reason to meditate, and then I think I've got three more, and then we'll, uh, we'll step into how to meditate, and, uh, but, I, but I really want to focus on, on why we should meditate, not the how-to. Uh, another one is to get blessings or strength or fruit. They're promised. Uh, I'll just read some of these uh, passages that I have outlined there on your notes. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So there's a promise there. If we meditate in the word, we'll be blessed. Well, how will we be blessed? We'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, putting our roots down deep. <clears throat> our leaf will not wither, and whatsoever we do will prosper. So there, there's a, uh, a blessing promised for meditating in the Word of God and then demonstrated there in the Word of God how we can, excuse me, how we can be blessed <clears throat> and be fruitful and prosper and... Uh, God's definition of prosper is a little different than the modern, modern day definition of prospering, but his, his definition of prospering is that we're fruitful and we give glory to God and we're more and more conformed to the image of God. And that's one of the blessings that's promised from uh, meditating. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that, there's the purpose clause, you may be careful to do all that is written therein. So one of the reasons is to, is to, uh, to meditate is so that we can do the things of the word of God commands and encourages and exhorts us to do. Uh, to do all that is written therein. For then, another purpose clause or statement, you will make your way prosperous. There it is again. And then you will have success. And again, God's definition of success is us being conformed more and more to the image of Christ and giving glory to him. Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. Looking to Jesus, and I shouldn't start in the middle, but I'm going to. Looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. And here's another purpose statement. So that you may not grow weary and faint-hearted. And if you look in the rest of Hebrews 12, you see the, the uh, encouragement there in the midst of discipline uh, that, that God is the one that lifts up the hands and strengthens the knees and recognizing discipline in our lives as what it's meant to be, which is for our good and our holiness, um, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness in our lives. So if we meditate on the Word of God, we understand uh, what's going on in the world. We, we develop a Christian worldview, and then when, when afflictions come or trials come, we won't go weary and weak in our mind. We'll be strengthened by the Word of God and what, what God's, the application of the Word of God has done to our, to our outlook on life. And then finally in this section, Psalm 119.92, If your law had not my, been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Again, recognizing from the Word of God the purposes that God brings into our lives and applying that to ourselves allows us to see afflictions not as something hard, but we can commit ourselves to a faithful creator uh, like he tells us to in First Peter and recognize that God has a plan and a purpose in these trials and tribulations. So by meditating, it's not just by, by reading the word or studying the word, but meditating on the word and letting the word take root in our heart 
in that verse in Psalm uh, uh, 1 where he talks about we'll be like a tree planted, <coughs> excuse me, planted by the, by the rivers of water, we'll draw nourishment and strength from that. And then uh, the Puritans would add at least two other reasons to, uh, to meditate. Uh, one is to digest sermons. And if you, uh, when Dan was preaching through Second Timothy in chapter two, verse seven, uh, Paul was telling Timothy to think over, or consider, or ponder what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And the one of the things, one of the quotes I read from the Puritans was that uh, uh, it's better to listen to one sermon and meditate on it than to listen to many sermons or two sermons and not meditate on them. Because the, and I I made a note to myself, why do we forget? Well, we forget what we hear, but we don't, we don't, we're not so prone to forget what we dwell upon and what we meditate on, what we ponder and chew on. Again, the illustration of of, uh, digestion. If uh, I was eating a steak yesterday and I, and I thought about uh, the need for chewing it up into small bites, which is not my normal approach to eating, I just kind of shove, shove it all in and figure the digestion will take care of itself. But uh, we, need to, we need to chew things up and take them in small bites. I was talking to a brother yesterday about, about the Word of God and... and uh, he was saying that, that he, he was reading one verse at a time, and that's a good thing, uh, one verse a day, but that, that's a good thing because it allows you to concentrate on it. But the point he was making, and I, I agree with him, you need to put things into context so that you can understand what, what that one verse means. But the Puritans, again, would encourage us, if we could take one verse and meditate on it and understand what God is wanting to do in our hearts with that. That's that our one sermon and to understand uh, today Dan's going to be preaching on, on Psalm 5 and I think it's 13 or 14 verses but uh, there'll be one or two verses in there that, that are worth chewing on more than the others for you or for me. God will use that. The Holy Spirit will use that to to bring to mind and to change us if we will meditate on it and spend time on it. Uh, and, and the other reason that the Puritans would add, I think, is to aid and fuel our prayers. Thomas Manson said, meditation must follow hearing and precede prayer. Our prayers should echo the desires of our heart which should reflect the will of God as revealed in his word, and meditation will fuel that. And I was thinking about fuel, uh, that if we want a fire in our devotion for God, we need, we need fuel. And we don't just need to, to pile this, uh, find the sticks. We need to put them together, and we need to ignite them. And the more fuel that we have, the better the fire will be, the hotter the fire will be. And so, as we think about uh, meditation, one of the ways, one of the, one of the benefits to meditation, we'll talk more about benefits later today, Lord willing. Uh, one of the benefits to meditation is it gives us fuel for our prayers. And that's one of the things that, uh, 
uh, one of the examples I want to use at the end if we have time, but, but as we meditate on the prayers of Paul or uh, I was thinking in, in, uh, in Philippians 1 or Colossians 1 or Ephesians 1 where Paul is praying for other believers, that, that can fuel our prayers as we understand what was concerning to Paul. Uh, where where he would say, uh, let your love abound yet more and more in all understanding and uh, approve things that are excellent and be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness where, which are in Christ Jesus. We take that prayer and we can, we can think on those things and pray those for ourselves and for others. So meditation will, will fuel our prayers, and it's beneficial to us in that way, but, and that's another reason. But if I had to summarize, uh, and, I, and I did uh, have to summarize, and I did it on your sheets, uh, so why should we meditate? I, I think that uh, 2 Corinthians 2, uh, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 3.18 is, is one of the key verses for why we should meditate, and that's so we can, so we can be, become, uh, or we can delight in becoming what we behold. And uh, I think you're familiar with that passage, but uh, I was going to quote it, and I wouldn't get it right, so I'll find it. Second Corinthians is after First Corinthians, I think, yeah. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So if we will meditate on the Word of God, which is uh, a revelation of who God is, uh, and particularly in 2 Corinthians 13 or 3 there, he's going to lead into the gospel. So, so meditating on the truth of Christ in the gospel will help us to be changed into the image of Christ. And that's our goal, is to be conformed to the image of Christ. So, how do we meditate then? If I can find my next sheet. One of the things that I, uh, I, I taught on prayer a few years ago, one of the things that I, uh, I read about prayer is that it's simple, but it's not easy. And meditation is very similar to that. It's simple, but it's not easy. And uh, our goal is for meditation to draw us into worship. So we start out with occasional meditation. Uh, and that's really the easier uh, way to meditate because it's extemporaneous. We have to prepare ourselves for it. But as we go through the day, we can meditate on the things of God if we're preparing our heart to do that. And uh, I think I read someplace, they call it portable meditation also, so we can take it with us as we go. It's not something that we have to uh, be in a closet to do. And these verses here, Psalms, uh, 19, Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims his handiwork. So... Uh, we need to prepare our heart daily to see God at work in his creation, uh, to spiritually attune our eyes. And I told you that, that I'm, I'm blessed to, to see other people uh, being alert for the things of God, the, 
not only the not only the creation of God, but the providence of God, and, uh, and that's the uh, one of the other reasons uh, to be alert, be be thinking spiritually when we see things, uh, when we see the complexity of a of of a tree or the complexity of a of a spider web. I was talking to somebody the other day again about spiders, and I I. I really don't like spiders. I'm afraid of them, but I am. I do admire the the Creator in what He has enabled the spiders to do. But to just see the complexity of how they they can build a web and somehow or other tie that web to a tree that's 20 feet away, so I'll run into it in the dark. <laughs> uh, but uh, great are the works of the Lord, and studied by all who delight in them. And then uh, if we prepare our heart to see God at work, then we can be looking for him at work, both in creation and in providence. Uh, Philippians 4.8, uh, Philippians is one of my favorite uh, books in the Bible, but chapter 4 is maybe my favorite uh, chapter in Philippians. Finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, Whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is commendable, if there be any excellence, if there be anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So we need to train ourselves to think on the good things and the honest things, the honorable things, the true things, the things that are worthy. And if we can start the day, and this is kind of a lead-in into deliberate meditation, but uh, I'll, I'll say a few more words about occasional meditation first. But if we can start the day purposing in our, in our mind and our heart to see God in, in other people, to see God in the providence uh, of the events of the day, and to see God in his creation and his purposes and his plans, uh, then we, we prepare ourselves to, for occasional meditation, which is, again, to use the term, it's climbing the ladder uh, from the earthly things, climbing the ladder into heaven to, to see things from a, from a heavenly perspective. Uh, the Puritans use the analogy of spiritual chemistry, turning brass into gold, common everyday events and sights as ladders to ascend into heaven. So the goal is twofold. It's to guard our mind, to, to redeem the time, to guard our mind from wandering thoughts into negative, in a negative sense, from wandering thoughts, and then positively to pave the way to seek those things that are above, Colossians 3. Uh, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. Uh, set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. So... Uh, and I, I was having lunch uh, this week with a brother, and he reminded me of a, of a, of a book uh, written by a guy that we both have heard preach before. I can't remember his name now, but the, it's called The Things of Earth. And one of the things that, that I, a, a, a caution about occasional meditation is uh, that we need to enjoy the things of earth that are going to lead us to the things of heaven. And what he said is, is uh, we, we see the analogy about uh, tasting uh, the word of God being sweet as honey and, and sweeter than a honeycomb. 
He said, well, you need to enjoy the honey before you start making the analogy. So we need to enjoy the good things that God has given us in order for the analogy to be accurate, to be, to be beneficial to us. So don't overly spiritualize things, but recognize the goodness of God, the kindness of God, and the, and the mercies of God in the things that he's provided for us to enjoy. Uh, and some examples of, of uh, occasional meditation, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a quote here, I think. If I can, yeah, I've got several uh, uh, object lessons here, but uh, we can have, if, if you just kind of let your mind wander through the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, Solomon used the ants as, a, as an illustration. David used the, the stars in the sky. Uh, he used towers, bulwarks, shields, strongholds. Uh, Paul used the body uh, as an illustration of the church. Uh, Jesus used object lesson after object lesson and, and analogy after analogy, and that's what I was going to read you. Our Lord in the New Testament taught by parables and similitudes taken from ordinary functions and offices among men so that in every trade and calling we might be employed in our worldly business with a heavenly mind, that whether we're in the shop or at the loom, these are Puritans, or in the field, we might still think of Christ in heaven. There's a parable of a merchant man, a parable of the sower, a parable of a man calling his servants to an account. In all these similitudes, Christ would teach us that we should still think of God in heaven, so small a matter as a grain of mustard seed may yield spiritual applications. So again, to be alert to, to what is around us and prepare our minds and our hearts for that. So the four uh, things that I mentioned there about occasional meditation is to be ready to see God at work. Remind ourselves and others by asking and encouraging each other to meditate. Uh, we're, we're called to exhort one another daily while it's called the day. So uh, that's one of the questions we can ask one another. Maybe not just what we're reading in the Word, but what we're meditating in the Word. And uh, I confessed to a couple guys yesterday, I've been studying about meditation a lot more than I've been meditating. And, and that, that is a danger in studying the Word of God, is we need to apply the Word of God uh, to our lives. And we need to hide the Word in our heart. And we went to a men's retreat a few years ago and, and the speaker, uh, Rocky, I can't remember, Rocky Wyatt, uh, reminded us that if we're working on a verse, if we're trying to memorize a verse, even if we're not successful in memorizing the verse or the portion of Scripture that we're working on, it gives our mind a place to go when we, when we, when we have free time whether we're driving down the road or whether we're sitting in patiently in the, in the grocery line uh, or in traffic, uh, rather than be frustrated at what's going on, we can call to mind what we've been working on. And, uh, and I got in the car with somebody the other day and I saw I was encouraged to see the note cards sitting there to where they, at a stop sign, they could, they could rehearse those scriptures. Uh, so we need to be ready, uh, have our mind ready to seek God when we have time. And another way we can do occasional meditation, and Rod taught on, on the attributes of God in, in ISI a few years ago, 
And if you just have an attribute of God in your mind and you start the day and then look for that attribute in circumstances or in people or in your own response or somebody else's response, uh, uh, Pink has a good book. It's a very small book on the attributes of God. And those chapters are two or three pages long, and he does a good job of unpacking them. But uh, as if, if we could pick one attribute a day and be alert for that, I'm sure we would find it. Uh, but Rod, Rod and I were talking uh, one day about that, and he said, it's, it's amazing. Every time I pick one, I find it all over the Scripture when I'm reading, and that's true if we're alert for it. So that's part of our occasional meditation. Uh, that we need to uh, begin the day with a verse or an attribute of God to turn to as time and opportunity permits. Uh, the Puritans understood, and this is a good statement, that, that failure is guaranteed if a believer will not have a plan to do with what, it, I'm sorry, to do with his thoughts throughout the day, to have a plan for what to do with his thoughts throughout the day. And that leads us into deliberate meditation, which is the harder, uh, the harder discipline. Uh, and I think, uh, as I was reading some of the Puritans, they, they were saying that Satan doesn't want us to do the things that are, that are best for us. And so if, if we determine to meditate, we will, we will run into opposition and... Uh, Deliberate meditation is not an easy thing to do, but it is a good thing to do. It's going to require effort and discipline. And for the interest of time, well, let's do it anyway. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2. I want you to just see some of the verbs there. I didn't print that out in the ESV, so... I'll read the first six verses here. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto the wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding, if thou criest after or calls out after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, uh, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom out of his mouth, and that's out of the scriptures, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. So there's an effort required, and I don't know if any of us have ever dug for silver or gold or diamonds, but it's likely that, that they're not laying around on the surface. So when he says, search for her like silver, and, and, and uh, seek after her like, like hidden knowledge, there's an effort required in there, and it does take effort. Uh, I was trying to meditate yesterday, and I, I found every reason in the world to get up and go do something, or uh, I would, something would come into my mind that I, that I needed to do, and I'd have to write a note to myself. And it's, it is, it is uh, without fail, if we, if we try to train our mind to think on the things of God, we will have distractions. So one of, the, uh, one of the first things that we need to do, I, I went through the manner and the guidelines here, is to set a daily time and a place, a quiet time. 
And I'm sure, uh, and we need to be vigilant. Our flesh and our enemy will fight against this holy discipline. And uh, I've made a note to myself. I suspect some of you right now are are, uh, protesting silently and saying, I barely have enough time to do my quiet time the way it is. And you're going to, you're going to, guilt me into adding something else into it and and that is not my goal uh, remember my goal before is not it's not that 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 we should be uh, uh, better better able to do this but that we should want more to do this so my goal is to help us uh, recognize the the uh, that we need to stir up the desire and then to give some aids to help us accomplish our desire so again, it's all about our desire to worship God and to know more about God and to have a, a deeper relationship with God. In order to do that, we're going to have to put some effort into it. But my goal is not to, not to guilt us. And so just bear with me as we get into the, uh, into the, the, the methodology. So in the manner of meditation, we need to cry out to God for help to clear our heart from the cares of the world. We know there's distractions in this world. We need to cleanse our heart from sin and guilt and then cultivate a sense of seriousness and make ourselves aware of the privilege of coming in the presence of God. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him, that is Christ, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. That's another Trinitarian uh, statement in, in the scriptures. But uh, we have access into the very throne room of heaven. And that's, there's a seriousness about that that we need to, we need to cultivate in ourselves. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about cultivation. And again, cultivation uh, takes work. You have to, uh, if, you had a, if you've ever been on a farm and, or had a cultivator in your garden, you know that the purpose of cultivation is to dig down and prepare the soil. And we need to dig down and spend some time preparing the soil of our own hearts. We need to cry out to God for help. This is not another uh, self-help exercise. This is, this is us uh, attempting to communicate uh, the truths of God to our own heart and soul. And we need the Holy Spirit's help to do that. Uh, and then I've got several guidelines here, and, uh, and one of the first things I will say is, and I want to quote a Puritan again, Thomas Manson, but we don't, don't let the method or the process drive us. We, we want the desire to drive us, and something that will work for me may not work for you. And so uh, the Puritans were very concerned, the Puritan pastors were very concerned that their people were not meditating and so they 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 laid it out they didn't want them to their their lack of meditation to be from lack of understanding how to meditate so uh, but recognize this isn't a prescription or or it's a description of one way to do this Uh, Thomas Manton said when Christians confine themselves to rules and prescriptions, they straighten themselves or hedge themselves in, and their thoughts come out like water out of a still and not water out of a fountain. And I think that that was helpful for me in, in understanding that if we just have a process and a methodology and a prescription, uh, the, the water that comes out of that is going to be like dripping out of a, a mechanical still. 
as opposed to coming out of the, the waters of living water, or the uh, streams of living water that flow out of us. And that reminds me back of Jeremiah's uh, analogy that he used. He said, my people have committed two evils. This is in Jeremiah 2, I think 13, where he said, they've, they've, uh, they've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and have hewn out for themselves or dug out for themselves in the rock cisterns to catch rainwater. And if you've ever tried to drink out of a cistern, it's not a pretty thing compared to a fountain. Uh, it's full of uh, stale water usually and uh, algae and frogs and stuff that you don't want to drink normally. And then on top of that, they were, it was a cracked cistern, so it was leaking out. So, so, uh, and he said those were idols of their heart. So, so the analogy that, that I want us to think about when we talk about how to meditate is that we, what we want to do is, is drink from that river of, of living water. We don't want to drink out of a cistern, and we don't want to straighten ourselves in and have water dripping out of a still. We want, we want stream, streams of living water to come into our lives. So, uh, so we ask God for help to harness our minds and see with eyes of faith. Uh, I, I use uh, uh, something that I picked up from Piper a long time ago. It's I-O-U-S, the I-O-U's. Uh, it's just four scriptures that, that he uses to kind of prepare himself and and it, it's psalm uh, 119 a couple verses out of 119 incline my heart unto thy testimonies O lord and not unto covetousness or or selfishness so it's a prayer open thou mine eyes and i may behold wondrous things out of thy law unite my heart to fear thy name and that's that's uh psalm 86 11 and then psalm 90 verse 14 uh, satisfy me early with thy mercies. And so it's a prayer, and it's a reminder that, that we need God to help us to do this. It's not something that we do on our own, in our own strength. Uh, and then just simply read the Word and select a verse or a topic to meditate on. And, and the caution here is to, is to begin with, with, uh, with uh, familiar subjects or texts and don't tackle... Uh, understanding the Trinity the first time that we want to spend a little time meditating God. Uh, and, and I'll give you some illustrations of, of topics that we might try. But the idea is to, is to not, this isn't an exercise in impressing ourselves or others. This is an opportunity to, and, and many of you already meditate, so I'm not, I'm not assuming that you don't meditate. I'm saying some of us don't meditate as much as we should. Some probably don't because we don't know how, and, uh, and I want to encourage us in, in the discipline of, of meditation, but I don't want to presume that you're not already doing that. Uh, we need to be aware of our own needs and select subjects that are applicable. If we're, if we're anxious or depressed or fearful, uh, then we need to find some scriptures that, that, will, that will meet those needs and meditate on those. Let the Holy Spirit drive those, those uh, truths into our hearts and to change us. Uh, I'm not sure if, where it's at in my notes, so I'll just say it now. But uh, if, if we don't change because of meditation, all we do is increase our guilt before the Lord. We need to apply what we learn. And that's the same thing with a sermon. If we sit through a sermon and we say, oh, that's really good, but we don't change, 
then we have all we've done is is increased our guilt before ourselves and before God. So so our goal is to change, not just learn more. If we'll fix our thoughts on a scripture or a topic, and we can rehearse or memorize it. Again, it's not critical that you memorize it. There's a benefit to memorizing, but if you, if you don't memorize it, keep the card and just rehearse the card of that scripture. Uh, but we can use our memory of other scriptures. And again, if we don't have a lot of other scriptures on that subject that are rolling around in our head, we can use a cross-reference to go and grab some of those. And I'll, I'll give you an illustration of that at the end. Uh, but, and it sheds light from one portion of Scripture to another. Uh, uh, he says in Psalm 119, the entrance of thy word brings light. Uh, and earlier in Psalm 119, he prayed for light. And so uh, the, the answer to our prayer is, is and the same thing that Pastor Dan was saying the other day when he was, he was uh, reading a scripture. He said, if you don't understand something, just read a little further. Very often we understand more as we put it into context. So, uh, so we fix our thoughts on that. We use our memory to bring other scriptures or cross-references to bring other scriptures in there. And then ask questions, compare, contrast. Think of, think of the opposite of that subject. Uh, if we're if we're thinking of of anxiety, think of resting, and think of scriptures that would help you to rest. Go to Hebrews chapter uh, four. Um, they didn't enter into the rest because of their unbelief. So we need to remind ourselves that we need to put our faith in the Word of God. So there's ways that we can grab uh, a contrasting scripture that will that will shed light on it, uh, or a comparable scripture. Like I said in in uh, when you start thinking about light, the, there's a huge volume of scriptures on light. And, and so we can grab another one that will shed more light on that particular one. Uh, and then one of, the, one of the things that I want to remind us before we run out of time is to persevere. Proverbs 24.10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. When our mind wanders, and I said when, not if, when our mind wanders, uh, we need to shift. Uh, don't, don't, we, we need to repent, <laughs> uh, ask for forgiveness and strength to stay focused, and then go back to the Word for more fuel and then press on. Don't give up just because all of a sudden we start thinking about our to-do list instead of, uh, of rehearsing the attributes of God. Uh, and again, the Puritans said, reading and meditation and prayer belong together. When one wanes, turn to another. And, and that's, that's a good solution. Uh, if you're thinking on a scripture and all of a sudden you find your mind going somewhere else, uh, turn to prayer. Oh God, forgive me for that. Give me, give me something to focus my mind on. Or go back and read the scripture again. But, but don't, don't give up just because you're not doing it perfectly. Trust me, you'll never do it perfectly. Uh, so uh, many people journal also to help uh, uh, keep our thoughts clear. Uh, and it's a great help uh, to go back to at some point in time. Uh, and it's, it's like teaching. If you don't understand something, it's hard to teach it. It's also very difficult to write it down if you don't really, if you haven't really captured it. 
And so writing just short notes to yourself as you're meditating sometimes is beneficial. Uh, the other thing to remind ourselves is Baxter says to stir up the affections or love, desire, hope, courage, gratitude, zeal, joy, and ask God for the help to do this. Uh, I love Psalm 19. He said, uh, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. So the word of God ought to be enjoyable to us. Uh, and I'm going to run out of time. Uh, we need to apply our meditation to ourselves. Let the word, let the truth of the word of God work itself into our soul to give us a desire to change and examine ourselves with a desire to change for the glory of God and our own good. Live out our meditation. Uh, behold and become. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, so our goal is to delight in, in who we're looking at and then to become more like him. Uh, busyness is an obstacle to meditation. I, and uh, I was going to say, uh, Joshua was busy, but he was commanding. He was commanding the army and fixing to go into battle, and God said, meditate day and night. Uh, if he didn't have an excuse to, to uh, give up on meditation, for, just put it off for today because i got too much to do, uh, then we don't, we don't either. Uh, laziness, uh, the Puritan said, it's better to take pains than to suffer pains. Uh, so we need to put effort into it. Uh, distractions. Uh, put away the phone. Lay aside every weight, Hebrews tells us in chapter 12. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us and run with patience or endurance the race that is set before us. Uh, and if we don't have any experience or if we're... Uh, if we're uh, if we haven't done meditation before, the solution to that is just see the need and begin. Uh, start. And I was surprised. Uh, these Puritans, I figured, would say you start with about an hour and a half and then you work your way up from there. <laughs> the, one, the booklet I was reading said start with nine minutes. Read the word for three minutes. Meditate for three minutes. Pray for three minutes. We can all find nine minutes by ourselves. Even if we already have an hour quiet time, you can go for an hour and nine minutes and just set your alarm nine minutes earlier. So be consistent, persistent, and insistent and encourage one another. And there's a lot of benefits to meditation and, and you can read those benefits and the scriptures there. Uh, it does deepen repentance because uh, if we read Psalm 139, uh, search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Uh, it increases our resolve to fight sin. The Word of God will, will help us with our determination to fight against sin and it will give us the power to fight against sin. It brings comfort. It brings joy. May my meditation be pleasing to Him for I rejoice in the Lord. It deepens our conviction and our knowledge of the Word of God. Uh, and I've, left, I've put a bunch of uh, uh, general statements about meditation and then a bunch of specific subjects that you might try. I'll just go jump to the, uh, now I'll read the general ones because uh, be simple. Uh, we don't have to be complex to be in the presence of God. Uh, one of the elders was praying this morning and just extolling us and himself about the, the love of God. 
the love of Christ, the work of Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit, the gospel. I brought a gospel primer with me today. We have these, I think, in the office. Uh, it, it, this man spent a lot of time writing out multiple reasons why we need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. And, and, if, and if you were married to my wife, you could have a leather-bound version when she, she bought me this. So. Uh, but you can't be married to my wife. I'm married to my wife. <laughs> But the, preach, preach the gospel to yourself every day, and that gospel primer will help you do that. Uh, the meditations on the attributes of God are excellent. Uh, that work by Pink is, is a very good help. Uh, but if you're tempted, uh, I just put one example down here. If you're tempted to worry, turn to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, and read that. Uh, Be not anxious or take no thought. Uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And then think about other scriptures. That, and I, I went immediately to, to Matthew 6 uh, to, uh, again, to take uh, sufficient for the day is the evil thereof uh, in, in verse 34. And uh, take no thought for, for what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat. God takes care of the lilies of the field. He takes care of the birds of the air. Uh, so we can, and, and then at Psalm 56, uh, what time I'm afraid I'll trust in thee. Uh, just, just, and again, if you don't have these already in your mind, use a cross-reference and go to there. But, and then pray and ask God to apply that to our heart. Oh God, you take care of the, the, the sparrows and you, they sell two of them for a penny, you know, uh, and you number the hairs of our heads, certainly you'll take care of this situation, whatever this situation is, and pray and ask God to, to drive that truth into your heart. But meditate on it, think on it, dwell on it, ask yourself questions about it, uh, and particularly ask questions of the Scripture. Uh, what, what do you mean that you care more for, the, uh, that for me than you do for the sparrow? Well, uh, go back to John 3.16. God so loved the world. This is how much he cares for us. He demonstrated his love for us. Uh, so there's many ways to, to remind ourselves of, of the goodness of God and, the, and draw us into worship. But meditation is one of the keys. And I think it's a neglected discipline. It certainly is in my life. And I think many of us, because we're so busy that we just don't take time to dwell on the, on the Word of God. So that's my exhortation to you all. And my encouragement would be uh, to, to ask each other how we're doing in meditation. Uh, peer pressure always works good. Uh, and, and, and then do it. But apply it to ourselves. So uh, I'm sorry we ran out of time, but, but the notes are fairly... Uh, I've got a lot of scriptures in there, and the Psalms there that I listed uh, are, are excellent, excellent sources of, of fuel for meditation. And, uh, and the song that we sang uh, based on Isaiah 41.10 is excellent fuel for meditation. And in 15 minutes, we're going to hear a sermon that will be excellent fuel for meditation. So I would exhort all of us to meditate on this sermon today. Use, use Sunday wisely. Use the Lord's Day in a way that, that we can uh, prepare our hearts for the week to come. 
So uh, take the admonition of the, of the Puritans uh, seriously to, to uh, don't just hear many sermons, but meditate on the sermons and let them fuel our prayer life. So uh, I used every minute. Oh, that's two minutes fast, isn't it? So, I, so I, I could squeeze in another one, but I won't. Uh, I have uh, announcements. Uh, I don't have a bulletin in front of me, but we start ISI next uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday, and the t- it's a new time. That's Iron Sharpens Iron. It's, it's a men's ministry, and we're studying the uh, Chosen by God by R.C. Sproul, and it starts at 7.30, so all you guys that like to sleep an extra half hour and, and use that as an excuse for not coming to ISI at 7.00, Come at 7.30. Or if you like getting up an hour earlier, come at 6.30 on Thursday mornings. And that's going to start also the following Thursday. Is it? Yeah, it's 26. Thank you, because I couldn't find my book, so I need a book. And are, do you know how much they are? Are they $13 for a book if you need a book uh, chosen for God? So I'd encourage you all to come. And read the announcements, or read the bulletin, not during the sermon, but read the bulletin and to get the rest of the announcements. And uh, let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word and for the way that you've revealed yourself to us. And I pray, God, that you would encourage us to, to spend time thinking of you and thinking of your things, uh, to uh, set our mind or our affections on things above where, and not on things of the earth. And that when, uh, and the reason we do that is because we're dead. Our lives are, we're dead with Christ, and your word says we're also alive with Christ. And so we're united with him. So uh, that's, the, that's the reality is now uh, help us to, to flesh that out by, by growing in grace and knowledge of you and changing more to being conformed to your image. I pray you'd bless your word now today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.